1: the Fox News Radio studios in New York City, giving you opinions and facts with a positive approach. It's Brian Kilmeade.
2: Thanks so much for listening, everybody. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. This hour, we're going to be joined. well. It's got to be a Friday. It's got to be time for the former Supreme Allied Commander of NATO, Admiral James Stravitas. His book is still doing incredibly well. Sadly, it's too apropos, and yet it's solid fiction, called 2034 Novel. Of the next world war, Will Kane will be joining us uh, at the bottom of the hour, and we'll be taking your calls 1-866-408-7669. Yeah, a lot of good things are happening uh, in this country, but I'm wondering if it's linked to other things, and if all of this could have been done a lot sooner. I'm being cryptic on purpose. Let's get on, on purpose. Let's get started.
1: Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number
3: three. We are on the verge of a a full-scale war in the Middle East, and and it's worth pausing and reflecting what a different place we were in six months ago under the Trump administration. the, The administration and the president made very clear that America stands unequivocally with Israel
2: unbelievable right senator ted cruz is hundred percent right blood continues to spill as violence rages and rockets uh fill the sky in and around israel thanks mainly to hamas iran fuels it all and yet we still continue to try and revive a 2015 agreement plus i'll bring you the latest on the colonial pipeline payoff
4: number
5: two your view is your view is that this is the way it's going to be if if i may if
6: i may senator we can in fact meet the challenge
5: Yeah, what what I find astonishing, astonishing, Mr. Chairman, is that we have the secretary responsible for securing our border and our immigration system who doesn't recognize these charts as being a problem.
2: Wow, you got Mitt Romney angry. It's a border crisis. But the question is, is it an intentional border crisis? Hard to explain such ineptness to the point where Mitt Romney is exasperated. Want some comic relief? Biden's still blasting Trump and blaming him for it.
4: Number one. What we're really doing is empowering individuals to make decisions about their own health. So if you are vaccinated and you are making the decision to take off your mask, then you've made the decision to get vaccinated and you are safe. If you are unvaccinated, then you have made the decision to take that risk.
2: You believe this? Dr. Rochelle Walensky suddenly says mask mandates lifted by the CDC and the White House, but yet so many are pushing back. What happened to trusting the science, Home Depot? Nancy Pelosi, Governor Cuomo, or do you see politics as crises mount? He needs some good news, so let's lift the mask. Does the president need a distraction? The bottom line is the trust is gone, and that's the truth. So if you're a big President Biden fan or a big President Trump fan, you say, well, President Trump uh, doubted the science, okay? Then you have President Biden doubting the science by wearing a mask constantly, right? Get a vaccine, but nothing changes, the CDC makes an announcement that if you have the vaccine, you wait those two weeks, you can't give it. You can't get it. Almost no chance. She walks it back. Still wearing mask. Joe Biden wearing two. Indoors and outdoors. They had a meeting two days ago in the Oval Office. The big four there. All wearing masks. Joe Biden wearing double masks. Within hours, everything changes. Why now? The border's on fire is number one. The gas stripes are way up. I just heard that in Virginia, gas could go up to $7 a gallon. So if all this is happening, inflation's beginning to rise, your deal getting done on infrastructure, let's say, is in hyperspace, all that money you gave is not providing jobs. In fact, You have 30 or 30 Republican governors saying I'm pulling back the supplemental because nobody wants to work anymore. They're getting paid too much not to work. Well, what do you do? 1-800-CDC. I'm going to lift the mask mandate, which means because we got vaccinated, outdoors is no problem. We knew that all along. I have news for you. Even if you are not vaccinated, outdoors is no problem. And we should have known that nine months ago. Number two. Indoors, no problem you're vaccinated. No problem. So at work today, take your mask off. Unless someone at work doesn't trust the science. Unless you're at Home Depot who says, I'm not trusting the science. Or Starbucks, I'm not trusting the science. They said you can't get it, you can't give it. We want to live our lives, right? They say, kids, it's almost no chance you're going to get it, you're going to be hospitalized, or you're going to suffer any effects for it. The kids shouldn't be wearing it, nor should they be required to get vaccinated. It's up to the parents. Dr. Rochelle Wal- Walensky, cut one.
4: Anyone who is fully vaccinated can participate in indoor and outdoor activities, large or small, without wearing a mask or physical distancing. If you are fully vaccinated, you can start doing the things that you had stopped doing because of the pandemic. We have all longed for this moment when we can get back to some sense of normalcy.
2: Okay. My problem is, we could have got to this moment a lot quicker. And there's no way the cynic in me and the person who's logically, who's logical, who's been watching this close to me, lucky enough to cover it up close and personal and talk to so many doctors and so many experts in this area know this stage could have come a lot sooner. It has everything, in my humble opinion, to do with everything going wrong and the m- multiple of crises happening to this administration, many of which are their own doing. The border, what's happening in Israel, the Middle East, the collapse of the talks, John Kerry uh, caught lying and undermining the previous administration. Little and big problems with this administration. Let's get, get some good news. And then off comes the mask, and out comes
7: Joe Biden, giving us permission to live our lives. I think it's a great milestone, a great day. You know, some people said we couldn't do this, that it would not be until the fall that we had this many people vaccinated. That 2021 might be a lost year for our country, as 2020 was. But we proved the doubters wrong. Okay, uh, by the way, uh, nobody's dead. who
2: is he talking about? You can't get a million shots in arms. I got two. We proved everyone wrong. When I said a million, they said I'm crazy. Nobody said you're crazy. No one said two million is out of line. When you took over, you Donald Trump was doing 950,000 shots uh, in arms a day. So now he makes up another straw man to say that no one said this was possible. It should have been possible a long time ago. And then uh, President Trump, uh, excuse me, President Biden tweets out, Something I found, he got huge blowback on this, too, essentially says this. The rule is now simple. Get vaccinated or wear a mask until you do. The choice is yours. Thanks, Vladimir Putin. I really appreciate it. Who does he think he is? The choice is yours. Now, Washington Post is all upset. They say we should have found a way to prove, if you able to prove and we could verify they're actually vaccinated. Why? They made a choice. Everyone in this country can get vaccinated. Maybe five or 10 can't find a CVS. Who knows? But almost everybody, everyone can get vaccinated. We're lucky, extremely lucky. We have innovators. We executed two administrations, got it done. Great. So if you choose not to get vaccinated, don't get vaccinated. If you get the virus from somebody who's been vaccinated, congratulations. You defied all odds and data. It's up to you. It's up to Joe Biden to tell me what risks I should take. It is nuts to think that these people think they have this type of control over us. Here's Ted Cruz, cut 10.
3: It's about damn time that we should be following the science and not playing politics. And and from the beginning of COVID, there's been far too much politics connected to it. Look, when it comes to masks, I've never understood the extreme on either side. I've never been one of those people who said, never wear a mask. I would wear a mask on an airplane when I went to a grocery store, particularly when the pandemic was raging. But once I got my vaccine, once other people were getting vaccinated, I stopped wearing masks.
2: Right. Rand Paul is 100% right. Listen, you know I've clashed with Rand Paul. Rand Paul doesn't want to get involved in anything, says Iran's no problem. Uh, You know, uh, Middle East, we shouldn't be allied with Israel. Afghanistan, it's a dumb war, all this stuff. I have huge problems with him. But one thing he is, he's true to his school. Whatever he thinks he says, even if it's unpopular, that's why he has very few friends and maybe his neighbors beat him up, which I think is 100% wrong. But here all along, he goes, I'm a doctor. I got it. I beat it. I got the antibodies. I'm not wearing a mask. Nancy Pelosi doesn't believe the science. She's saying on the House floor, you wear a mask. Why? I watched her two days ago outside, alone, making a speech, not even a staffer behind her, wearing this huge mask. She's inaudible. Maybe she's up there in age, really up there in age, and she's concerned about getting, uh, getting it. But what about a message? I thought you were a leader. You're supposed to be a leader. You're supposed to believe the science. The science says you're outdoors. Get the mask off. Real quick, uh, I want to give Admiral Stravitas uh, some time, and I want to talk about uh, what is happening with the the ransomware and paying the $5 million and what happened to the East Coast and why our cyber technology is not able to keep up with the cyber hackers and the Russia's role and all that. But I just want to – I do want to get to this. Mitt Romney, who is conservative, we forget because he's so anti-Trump we focus on that. Talks to uh, Secretary Mayorkas, who's in control of the border. The vice president's supposed to be in control. She won't go. She doesn't visit the countries where the illegals are coming from. She does a couple of Zoom calls. Inexplicable, unexplainable, unacceptable. But just so you know how exasperating it is to see Mayorkas lie to your face, even Mitt Romney couldn't take it. Cut 15.
5: Your view is is that this is the way it's going to be. If I may, if I may,
6: Senator, they have a claim under the law for humanitarian relief, either um, their claim of asylum or their claim for special immigrant juvenile status. Yeah. And we can, in fact, meet the challenge. Yeah. Humanitarian- what, what
5: I find astonishing, Mr. Chairman, is that we have the secretary responsible for securing our border and our immigration system who doesn't recognize these charts as being a problem. And there are human beings behind these numbers. And it's not saying, hey, we've got to make some changes immediately. I, oh. I, find, that, I find that extraordinary and, and extremely damning.
2: Okay, we got 900% increase year to year. You have a the Border Patrol uh, picked up 108,301 encounters uh, in April, up 12% from March, which set records in March. It's not slowing down. The kids are coming through. They're pouring through the Mexican border, and Mayorkas blames the previous administration. When we come back, Admiral James Stavridis, on the escalating tensions in Israel. They are now blowing up the tunnels leading to Hamas, welling up troops they could be going in. To Gaza. We'll talk about that and what Iran's role is and Russia's role in the hack that brought East Coast oil, gas, and jet fuel to its knees. Brian Kilmeade Show,
0: don't move.
1: Questioning everything. everything. It's Brian Kilmeade.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system.
2: As many of you know from your own life experiences, a life in so-called blue-collar work is something to be proud of.
1: A talk show that's real. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. We do not believe, I emphasize, we
7: do not believe the Russian government was involved in this attack. But we do have strong reason to believe that the criminals who did the attack are living in Russia. We have been in direct communications with Moscow about the imperative for responsible countries to take decisive action against these ransomware networks. We're also going to pursue a measure to disrupt their ability to operate.
2: Yeah, when? Uh, I need to see some urgency. Admiral James Travitas, the 16th Supreme Allied Commander, Best-selling author, his latest book, 2034, a novel of the next world war. Admiral, I don't want to talk about China right away anyway. Great to, uh, I'm so glad you called in. First off, is it right to excuse uh, the Kremlin from any role in the cyber hack that took down the colonial pipeline?
8: I don't know the specifics of the intelligence, but I'll tell you this, Brian. um, It's well known that the Kremlin effectively issues what might be termed letters of mark to these uh, criminal gangs, which means they say to them, hey, go ahead and go after companies in the West, particularly in the United States. Don't ever go after a company here in Russia. And if you do that, will provide protection for you. Uh, this is as old as piracy itself, and it is uh, a new form of piracy, if you will, in the cyber sea, and we shouldn't put up with it. Two things we ought to do. We ought to unleash offensive cyber weapons against the companies, against dark side. If they can get at us, we can certainly get back at them. And then secondly, we had to grab Vladimir Putin in a headlock and say, this is unacceptable and we are not going to let you hide behind the fiction that these kind of attacks are simply done without your knowledge or protection.
2: What about the decision, If that, if, if, if President Biden knows what you know and believes what you believe, what about the decision not to say it?
8: I'm surprised that he's not taken a more forceful stand here. But again, I want to underline, I haven't seen personally the intelligence on this particular The logic
2: episode. leads you to, logic leads you to, it it's Russia. He kills anybody he doesn't like, let alone people Indeed. that make his life more difficult. And if he thought this would jeopardize relations and hurt the country, this would not have happened, just judging by the resume that I look at online or his Wikipedia page.
8: I completely agree with that. And as I've often said, crime is where motive meets opportunity. And he sees opportunity because we're unwilling to retaliate at a high level. And he certainly has the motive because he's all about tearing down the United States of America.
2: Admiral, 1,400 ransom attacks in our country last year. I had no idea. What is going on at the higher reaches of government? You would think the private sector's got the cyber geniuses. If that's true, can we contract them? If it's not true, how do we take these private companies and let them know there's a punch list to do what they do because we are so in the line of fire as citizens?
8: Three quick things. Number one, we need a cyber force. I credit the Trump administration for coming up with the idea and creating a space force. We need a cyber force, small, highly professional. There are plenty of young men and women who would be inspired to serve their country in the world. You mean a branch of the military? Yes, I do. I think if we're going to have a space force, why don't we have a cyber force? And that's well worth thinking about. Number two, and you nailed it, there's got to be uh, cooperation between the public and the private sectors here. And that means better sharing of information back and forth so we know who to unleash our offensive cyber tools on. Many of these ransomware attacks, Brian, are not reported. They're just paid off quietly with Bitcoin. And number three, by the way, is cryptocurrencies. It's time to start thinking as a national effort and an international effort, how we get some accountability on these cryptocurrencies, because they're being used not just for cyber, but for narcotics, sex trafficking, and everything else.
2: Uh, Israel all out war, it seems, with the Palestinians today. They're welling up troops in the Gaza border. 160 Israeli planes are in the air have been uh, mobilized. Uh, the reserves are put back into uniform. It's been a five-day battle, 119 dead in Gaza, uh, 830 wounded. They're blowing up tunnels as we speak.
1: If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: Is it just coincidence that this happened on the transition of administrations?
8: Um, you know, I think this is more about internal politics in Israel Netanyahu has high motivation because he's trying to cling to power, and also on the Palestinian side, because Hamas wants to demonstrate that it is the offensive power as between Gaza, which is where Hamas is, and the West Bank, where Fatah is. So there's a lot of internal politics going on. But Brian, you're right. Anytime there's a transition in power, you're going to see various bad actors around the world test that administration. Look at the Arabian Gulf, where Iranian speedboats have uh, clipped all, all over our folks. So um, it's, it's going to be a continuous period of testing, and we're going to need to stand up and face it.
2: Uh, Go out and pick up uh, 2034. We didn't talk about China today, but if you want to know the challenges that are staring straight at us, pick up this novel. It's based on fact. It's called The Next World War uh, by Admiral James Travitas. Admiral, thanks so much.
8: Enjoy your maskless weekend,
2: Brian. (laughs) I've had a lot of maskless weekends. Keep that a secret. Will Kane is next.
8: Jason in the
9: House, the Jason Chaffetz podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on FoxNewsPodcast dot com or wherever you download podcasts.
1: A radio show like no other. It's Brian Kilmeade.
10: We have to get people to vote for us. And we can't do that if we are a party that's based on a foundation of lies. I think what the former president's doing is dangerous. What I think is really important is that we make sure uh, that uh, the former president, because we know what he's capable of, because we know what he continues to do, and because we know how important it is for us to be able to advance Republican ideals, that we make sure that he never again get anywhere near the Oval Office.
2: So that was Liz Cheney, and that was her talk sparring with uh, Brett Barless. I thought he was excellent. Because Brett's like, hey, enough. January six is January six, but you voted with him every single, on every single vote. You see what's going on with this administration, and you still can't see past it. You act like 2024 is right around the corner, and she kept going back to January six, lying about the Constitution, lying about the election, where clearly people have a problem with the way the president handled himself after, but they see in the big picture they're stronger with him, and a lot of them personally like him. Moments ago, this just came in. This is news to Will Kane. I'm showing off a little bit. Okay, Allison gave it to me. Elise Stefan. Cruz to a victory on Friday to replace Liz Cheney. She is now the third most powerful person uh, on the, the Republican House side. Will, what's your reaction to that? Not much of a surprise. We heard about Chip Roy taking a run at it. I think he's a popular, very impressive Texan, but he did not get enough votes. The Chip Roy fight is
11: over. So let me ask you a question. 134 about, to 46. Let me ask you a question about Elise Stefanik. Elise Stefanik has a record of voting less conservative and less in line with President Donald Trump than did Liz Cheney. Why? So why is that progress?
2: um, I'll give you two things. Number one is if you watch who, by the way, she's so impressive, very extremely bright, as is Liz Cheney. Number two is she is from a moderate district and you are supposed to reflect your district. You know, every day, it's a every election cycle. It's a battle. right? Right. She's got a lot of Democrats with her. Number three. She's somebody who gradually started to like President Trump more and more and saw his way. For example, he I does not that. vote for the tax cut. She know why? Because she's in New York. And in New York, unlike Texas, there's huge state taxes, and you can't write them off. So she says, How can I get elected by New Yorkers? Peter King didn't vote for her either, and he's conservative, best friends with uh, Trump. How can I vote for, be a New Yorker? And vote to get rid of that tax decrease and even keep my seat again. So that's one. Number two, I don't know why she isn't for the wall. I don't know why she didn't support uh, that. Uh, That that blows me away. But I wouldn't be surprised if you look at the big picture. I just think this is such an easy description and people are pretending they can't figure it out. When you're a leader, when you become a captain of a team— and you might be a critic on the outside. Once you make the team, you play a role. Once you're a captain of the team, your job is to lead. Lead with the mission the coach gives you. It's not up to you to ad-lib and say, yeah, my coach told me to do this, but you know what, I'm for, I'm not against that. I think we should be attacking. Well, no, you're the captain. You're the voice of the coach with the players. you got to lead. She, uh, Liz Cheney was not leading. She was just doing her thing, which is stay in the caucus, but you can't be one of the three. So many
11: interesting things you just said. Let me see if I can remember and go through them. First, I understand what you talked about when it comes to political realities. You have to reflect your district. But at the same time, you do have to lead, and you have to be a principled person. But I understand that Elise Stefanik probably had to vote more moderately than maybe her principles let her because of the district that she's in. I get that. I also get what you said about her migration or evolution to President Trump. That
2: happened for a lot of us, and I will count myself among them. Gutfeld is probably the best. Example, he was the biggest critic, and then he later just say, "Well, I kind of I get it now."
11: Yeah, and I I will admit my own mistakes on some of my early perceptions and impressions of President Trump. Pete that, too. I think any honest person can look at it and say, listen, I haven't always been there, but I'm here now. Some of us out there were always there. But the point is, be honest with the audience about your points of view and how they may or may not have changed over time. So I get what you're saying. But I still go into Elise Stefanik, and I would tell her this should she appear on Fox and Friends somewhat skeptically. Which she will. And I will approach her with some level of appropriate skepticism about what kind of principles are guiding her. Now let's go to your analogy with the team leader. And this is, a, this is a struggle for me, Brian. I'm going to be real with you. You know, one of the things I love about Tom Brady is he doesn't ad-lib. He doesn't draw up plays in the dirt. He executes the play called by Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, the offensive coordinator. There's a famous story, and I've talked about it a lot on the Will Kane podcast, but early in Tom Brady's career, Brian, he took like a 20-yard pass, completed it, wide open receiver. And Charlie Weiss, then the offensive coordinator of the New England Patriots, blew the whistle, stopped practice, and said, what the hell did you just do, Brady? And he goes, well, I I hit the open receiver. He said the play called for a 10-yard out to that receiver, the X receiver, not to the Y receiver that you just threw it to. He goes, but he was open for a bigger gain. And Weiss took off the whistle threw it at Brady, and handed him the clipboard and said, if you want to be the offensive coordinator, then you be the offensive coordinator. He said, in my offense, you take the profit. You take the play as it's laid out. And I got that. And it's truly what makes Brady great, as opposed to a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who, in my estimation, is incredibly talented, but doesn't live up to his talents when it comes to championships and accomplishments. So I get what you're saying. You can't be a maverick and a leader at the same time. You can't only look out for yourself while trying to Lead a team, but let me just say this, Brian. And this isn't about Liz Cheney because I don't care about Liz Cheney. I think we've yeah. got inflation. I think there's a gas shortage. I think there's a war on the verge every of a other war cares in about Israel. Liz Cheney. Yeah, they're doing Liz Cheney because they want an excuse to talk about President Trump. Republican leadership is not in the top ten list of things that are affecting everyday Americans. I don't care. About Liz Cheney, but what I do want to say to you is, I I think that leadership requires a balance between serving the interests of the team and being a principled leader. Right, and I want to see politicians that can manage that balance.
2: And what they would do if she is effective is, uh, hey, Steve Scalise, uh, Kevin, I need to speak to you. Before we go forward, this is my point of view on this. You might want to rethink this. You might want to take your take a beat here. If we go forward and just blow up this infrastructure offer, for example, uh, right away, we're going to look like the bad guys. Let's let them look for the bad guys. That's leadership in the huddle. You don't do, you know. I was just talking to Kevin McCarthy. He didn't seem to want to listen. That's bad leadership.
11: Yeah. If so, that so. Look, not to belabor the sports analogies. But I don't apologize. I love sports. That's the quarterback going to the media in the locker room instead of a private message right. with the coach or whoever player you, you have a problem with. Or if
2: the coach fired. Yeah, it's
11: airing your problems directly to the reporter. By the way, that's something that Ben Roethlisberger, for example, has been accused of. Not the best form of leadership.
2: Okay. So uh, I don't want to talk a lot about uh, Republican fracture without talking about the Democratic fracture. If you, I think it's comical the fact that people say, well, you know, these Republicans, I feel so bad. America needs a strong second uh, Republican Party. Don't worry about it. You're about to lose the House, and there's an excellent chance that uh, Rick Scott is going to mount the type of candidates that could get you back to Senate. So don't, be, don't feign so much concern for the Republican Party and for the Democrats— I'm watching the squad come out against President Biden on his green plan, on, his, uh, on, on giving up on infrastructure and not putting green involved. I don't know if people are covering those press conferences. And the squad seems very pro-Palestinian Hamas, I was going to
11: say, and on fairly benign language in support of Israel, the squad doesn't even want that coming from Joe Biden. Look. Mainstream media, Democratic Party, you can now take your obsession with President Trump and dragging out and ringing January 6th for every political drop of juice you can get. You can take that and ride it all the way to a 2022 defeat because you will. Take it and shove it because what's going on in America right now are real problems. And by the way, America is standing back up. To this nonsense peddled by the left in the mainstream media. Watch school districts across this country from Loudoun County, Virginia, which you did last night on your 7 PM show, all the way up to South Lake, Texas, where people are standing up and going, you know what? No. You're not gonna teach my kids to be racist. CRT. I'm not gonna allow that. Right. That doesn't get in our school district, and we're voting you out. Those school board members are a canary in the coal mine for
2: the Democratic Party for 2022. It's gonna be uh it's certainly gonna be interesting. Uh, education is is a way to go. I I do worry, um, I worry about. Uh Black leaders not taking the stand. The professor from Brown that joined me last night. Did. You were
11: so good with him. By the way, I was so jealous. I'm hosting the 7 p.m. primetime next week. I missed the Brett Baier, um, Liz Cheney interview because my appointment viewing started at about 6:50, in time for Brian Kilmeade on the 7 p.m. Right. show.
2: Which did you have? Do you set your clock on your watch? Do you? Well, put it in your... Allison's
11: given me a schedule, so I know where you where are I at am? all times. Right. Yeah. And so, Allison
2: doesn't know where I am at all times because I know you're lying. Well. well, you're in the building most yeah, of the time. That, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what else can I do?
11: So no, I watched you last night, and I, I truly, I'm hosting it next week. And I had sent them. I said I want to have Glenn Lowry on. Glenn Lowry is an amazing voice. He's the professor from Brown University. You it's just got a referenced. great
2: podcast. If you missed it, too. listen.
11: This man is independent, he's brilliant, and he understands race relations in the United States of America. And last night I was watching, and there you had him on, which means I probably don't get to have him on next week. But great idea by you booking him, and great interview.
2: Right. Oh, thanks. He's from South Side Chicago, when, you know, was not going to go to college, ends up going to a junior college, working his way up uh, to making academics his life. And he just said, basically, the message is, yeah, we're not perfect, but I, this is my country. Yeah. And look at the progress we made in the last hundred years. We fought a war to do it. And the Lincoln did free the slaves. And we did have Jim Crow. And there were huge problems. And we needed a Jackie Robinson. And my country got better. Yes. And is getting better. And it's still the place I want to be. What I find so amazing from the Don Lemons on down is uh, when Don Lemon came out and said, Tim Scott let down his people. Oh, I'm thinking my to myself, God. let down his people. Who are his people? Aren't his people Americans? You know,
11: that is so racist. Don't let that be called anything but what it is. That is racism coming from the lips of a CNN peacock. That right there is someone telling you that if you are of a certain skin color, then you must maintain a certain school of thought. Your thoughts— Maybe your heart are dictated by the shallowness of your skin. That's what Don Lemon is saying. And that, by the way, is the definition of racism. I don't care how 2021 tries to change it. I know I'm getting fired up about this, Brian, because this is core to who I am. You are an individual as a man, Brian right. Kilmeade. And I will judge you. I'm not
2: Italian-Irish.
11: I will judge you. I mean, if you, you ask
2: me where I'm from, I say, yeah, my, my, my mom was Irish, excuse me, Italian, and my dad was Irish. Why does that matter?
11: It doesn't. Right? I will not judge you as an Italian-Irish-American. I thank will you. judge you as Brian Kilmeade, who either lives up to principles and his actions and his charity, and whoever he is as a man of character, or I will judge you harshly for those exact same metrics. It'll have nothing to do with the shallowness of your heritage or your skin color.
2: Or, or, or of, of my personality.
11: Well, that's easier for me to judge.
2: Yeah, thank you very much. And it's there. So here's who disagrees with you. Her name is Jen Saki. The P is silent. Cut 45. Senator Tom Cotton says the nation's wealthiest colleges are indoctrinating young people with what he calls un-American ideas.
8: He is proposing a new tax targeting the largest private endowments. Uh, He says it would raise $2 million a year. I wonder, does the president believe that our largest, uh, our wealthiest schools are indoctrinating our
2: youth with un-American ideas? And would he support such a tax? Is it a good idea?
4: Now you've intrigued me. What are the un-American ideas that are indoctrinating our youth? Uh,
3: the legislation doesn't lay out precise. Uh, oh, he's not
4: specific about the indoctrination by leaders from universities. Well, he's without much detail of where he thinks our youth are being indoctrinated, sounds very mysterious and dangerous. That, although I don't think that I don't think we would think we believe that uh, educating uh, the youth and then leaders of the future leaders of the country on systemic racism is indoctrination that's actually responsible.
11: So I can help Jinsaki fill in the blanks. It's indoctrinated them via the 1619 Project. Yep. It's indoctrinating them through critical race theory. That name, by the way, doesn't really communicate to people what's really going on. It's state-sponsored racism. That's the indoctrination we won't stand for. Yeah, uh, Jinsaki doesn't agree with me. Once again, by the way, I said to them today, hey, I really want Tom Cotton on next week on this bill to defund colleges and their endowments if they're teaching this kind of indoctrination. They're like, ah—
3: Brian did it already.
11: Yeah. God, I got to quit following Brian. Kill me. Uh, Brian, I
4: like
12: Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Ro. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio.
3: Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my name is Chad. His name is Jonathan, but you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what
12: we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share.
11: The idea, I think Republicans start fighting back. And this, by the way, is the same thing that Republicans in Florida are doing when they say we're going to defund the NCAA if they start boycotting states over, for example, transgender bills. I don't think our tax dollars should be going to things that are clearly not just wrong,
2: but abhorrent. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I, this is. Is there anything good that came out of the pandemic? Well, one is a lot of the parents are looking over the shoulder of their kids, and they're saying, "What did you just learn? What did I just overhear as I walk by your classroom, listen to your teacher speak? What homework are you doing now? Can you explain this to me?" And they're going to these parent the, these meetings now, the board of education meetings, and we're seeing the video. My hope is that Democrats and I, uh, I'm uh, being a little bit of an idealist are just as upset as, Rep- uh, as Republicans, and it doesn't cut on party lines. That is my hope. But you know that's not true.
11: I mean, Democrats have embraced this critical race theory. They've embraced this kind of ideology for quite some time, and they're leaning full into it. Look, I don't that think it's a partisan 16, point. Yeah. That's not a partisan point. I uh, it, if the Republican Party were behind these exact same ideas, I would jettison the Republican Party in a heartbeat because I believe in individuals, not in racism.
2: Uh, 7 p.m., uh, we'll be doing it starting on Monday I'll be doing it tonight we'll finish up and and talk about what Will was uh, what we'll be doing this weekend getting ready for Monday
1: educating entertaining
13: enlightening you're with Brian Kilmead Living the Bream is a podcast hosted by Fox News Channel's Shannon Bream, sharing inspirational stories, personal anecdotes, and an insider's perspective on actions and rulings from the high court. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. America's listening to Fox News. The more you listen, the more you'll know. It's Brian
1: Kilmeade.
10: I really didn't understand it. I still don't understand it. It was too orchestrated. It was too coordinated. And, you know, people get picked on, but for four months straight for me, and then for... You know, for me to read in the press about a toxic work environment when when all I've ever heard from every guest that comes on the show is what a happy atmosphere this is and how what a happy place it is. And also, you know, it, it, I, ha- I have to say if if nobody else is saying it, it was really interesting because I'm a woman, and it did feel very misogynistic.
2: wow. <laughs> everyone's a victim. That's Ellen DeGeneres talking about 19 years she's over and out. This will be her last year, and she's going to be sitting down with Oprah. Was that with Oprah, Allison?
14: That one was not with Oprah. Um, That was yesterday. I forget what interview. I think it was NBC.
2: I think so. Uh, Yeah, I think it was NBC. Will Kane is here. Will, I believe that the thing fell apart for Ellen DeGeneres when she was appeared in a picture with George W. Bush. After that, it turns out she's uh, marshalling. uh, She's overseeing a toxic work environment, and everyone's complaining.
11: You know, Everyone's a victim was such a great point that you make. There's no more power in anything than there is in victimhood right Right. now. I've been doing this not as long as you. I've been doing this 10 years plus, 11 years. When I say this, I mean appearing on television and radio. And it's interesting. Whoever Ellen DeGeneres is, the story is she's not the person you see on TV. She's super... Friendly and nice and generous on TV and behind the scenes. By the way,
2: as a stand-up, I thought she was amazing. Before she was famous, I was white. i go, who is she? She's amazing. She's no Bill Burr. That being said, apparently she was a completely different person behind the scenes.
11: And I've seen that. That's certainly true for a lot of people that do this for a living. I would just point to one, just off the top of my head, Brian Kilmeade. I mean, totally different dude behind the scenes than he is on air. Are you talking to Allison and
2: Pete and Eric or just Allison? Who?
11: I don't learn the names of people right.
2: behind the glass. <laughs> uh, no, no, but do, don't you read, and you're 100% right, I have a huge attitude, a chip no, on my I was, Of
11: course, I, I uh, wouldn't make that joke if it were true. Right. Uh, Brian, you are the 100% so far, and I always want to give the audience honesty a and caveat. humility about yeah. the amount of knowledge I have. I've never had a beer with you, nor been invited to your house, so maybe that's an, maybe that's telling me, Will, slow down, tap the right. brakes on what you're or about to I say. Or I never invited
2: you to, house, to my house for a beer.
11: Right. Both those things. Right. But you've been the same dude when the cameras go off, when the mics go off, as you have been on, which... Right. I'm telling you, I don't even know if it's par for the course. It may make you an exception. It certainly doesn't make you the majority in this business.
2: Well, that's true. I just do think after 19 years, it did fall apart about a toxic work environment when you always hear. I always thought Johnny Corson was the best person I ever saw on television. But you read the books on him? Yeah, another thing. He was a tyrant. He was a drunk. You know, he was not a drunk, but he was a violent drunk, beat up at some of his wives, was, uh, you know, was pretty rude to a lot of people, blew up careers on and off camera. Yeah. Okay. That only, that only lasted 30 years and put him in the Hall of Fame. Uh, quick thing. Tap into your sports And Sports Business Journal today says NBA games on ESPN, ABC, and TNT are only averaging 1.4 million. 1.4. We, yeah, we beat that We beat, every beat that in the morning, and, and Gutfeld beats it at 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. Uh, some say online they're a huge presence they're not worried. Do you think um, they should be worried?
11: Definitely they should be worried, although they have the backing of major media companies who are invested in their rights. And so, therefore, we think... The NBA. It's a little bigger
2: than it actually is. 7 p.m. tonight, but you're going to be joining me tonight on the show, right? I'll see you there. Yeah, so, and maybe Pete Hagsack.
13: Oh, really? Maybe. <laughs> With Fox News Podcasts Plus, you can enjoy all your favorite Fox News podcasts without commercials. Subscribe now at foxnewspodcasts.com.
1: Live from the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox and Friends, it's America's receptive voice, Brian Kilmeade.
2: Thanks so much for listening, everybody. From New York, heard around the country, heard around the world, this is The Brian Kilmeade Show. Dan Henninger of The Wall Street Journal will be with us shortly. He talks about America's losing its work ethic. Is that the case with you? Is it the case with people you know? Because so many are on the sidelines now, even though we have 8 million jobs open in our country. We'll discuss that. And Ron McDaniel, the Republicans are real optimistic about taking the House. But you watch and read other media outlets and newspapers, and they talk about Liz Cheney dividing the party in half. I like Liz Cheney, but she's not the power of President Trump. You know, if Ron DeSantis splits from President Trump to start a renegade party, you got problems, Republicans. Liz Cheney is not it. She's got problems holding on to Wyoming. I do think that being a conservative, uh, Donald Trump is uh, is your answer. We'll talk to Rana about that. Money earned without corporate America in their pocket. So let's get to the big three.
1: Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three.
3: We are on the verge of a, a full-scale war in the Middle East, and, and it's worth pausing and reflecting what a different place we were in six months ago under the Trump administration. The, the administration and the president made very clear that America stands unequivocally with Israel.
2: There we go, Ted Cruz. Blood continues to spill as violence rages and rockets fly. Yes, Israel, thanks, uh, thanks mainly to Hamas, is uh, knee-deep in a full-scale war. Iran fuels it all, yet we continue to talk with them to re- try to revive these terrible 2015 nuclear agreements. We'll talk about it. And the Colonial number, Pipeline.
15: Number
5: two. Your view is is that this is the way it's going to be.
6: If I I may, if I may, Senator, we can, in fact, meet the
5: challenge. Yeah, What, what I find astonishing, Mr. Chairman, is that we have the secretary responsible for securing our border and our immigration system who doesn't recognize these charts as being a problem.
2: Uh, Mitt Romney has lost it. It's a border crisis, but the question is, is it all intentional? It's hard to explain such indebtedness, the point where Mitt Romney is so uh, ineptness, I should say, to the point where Mitt Romney is exasperated. Want some comic relief? President Biden blasting Trump for all the problems
15: number
4: one what we're really doing is empowering individuals to make decisions about their own health so if you are vaccinated and you are making the decision to take off your mask then you've made the decision to get vaccinated and you are safe if you are unvaccinated then you have made the decision to take that risk yeah no kidding
2: and if you did you make that decision leave us alone That is the CDC director. Mass mandates lifted by the CDC or the White House, but yet so many are pushing back, like Nancy Pelosi. What happened to trusting the science? Or do you see politics as a crisis mounts, that he needs some good news? The president wants a distraction, so why not take off the five masks you wear outside? It's hard to know where the trust has gone. I mean, the other big story is inflation. The other big story is gas prices are rising. We are not ducking that. The Wall Street Journal never ducks that, and neither are Republican governors. I think we're up to 17 now, 14 now, have said keep your supplemental unemployment insurance. People aren't going back to work because we're paying them too much. Here is the latest governor, Brian Kemp of Georgia, 37.
3: We're not going to be participating in the federal subsidy any longer. What I'm seeing on the ground here, Dana, Every small business owner and the workers that are work currently working, they, they need more people. It is hurt, hurting our productivity, not only in Georgia, but across the country. We saw it yesterday, that's driving up inflation, the market tank. Um, I don't know why the Biden administration doesn't understand that.
2: They say they don't have the data to prove that. Dan Henniger joins us now, deputy editor of the Wall Street Journal. One of his columns always catch my eye and attention, but this one specifically, the headline is, is the American work
12: ethic dying? Dan, welcome. Good to be with you, Brian. Can you answer your question? Is the American work ethic dying? I think it's under uh, a lot of pressure right now. I mean, this event last April, uh, when the April jobs report came out, economists were spe- expecting, predicting a million new jobs. The number that came in was 266,000. That's a 700,000 job miss. That. That was simply stunning. That was not a data error at all. What uh, the reporting revealed, as you were just suggesting, as uh, as Governor Kemp was just saying, is that there is an avalanche of anecdotal evidence that employers cannot get people to come to work. Uh, The Wall Street Journal quoted a guy in Texas who was offering $30 an hour. He said people are not willing to come to work. Brian, this is something new in the United States. We've never seen that before. There is something called the American work ethic. Uh, you do an honest day, day's work and you get paid for it. People are proud of their jobs. But what the Biden people have done with this $300 unemployment insurance bonus, plus the direct payments that have been made over the past- And I think $1,400
2: just rolled out the other day again, more money.
12: Yeah, but it's a perfect storm. Uh But recall, back in March and April, the politicians, advised by the epidemiologists, uh, basically laid off the entire country. They told people to go home. Yep. And think of what exactly happened. A lot of salary workers did go home, and they worked remotely from their homes. But a lot of blue-collar workers, lunch bucket guys, uh, were sent away from functioning jobs. And they went home, and there was nothing to do. You know, restaurants were closed. Bars were closed. Museums were closed. You were told not to go visit your family. You are at home often by yourself. And I think for 12 months, a lot of these people have basically been couch potatoes, entertaining themselves with video games. What was one of the biggest stories in the past 12 months? GameStop, guys using Reddit and Robinhood to literally play the stock market. And I think it's, the period did a lot of damage to the work ethic as people decided, you know, with the old famous uh, country western song by Johnny Paycheck, take this job and shove it. Right. And uh, you add in the unemployment insurance bonus and you've just got a situation where people feel I don't have to work anymore. I don't want to work right now. It's a terrible, terrible development that the Biden administration has uh
2: Fostered on us, uh, fourteen states, including North Dakota, Alabama, South Carolina, uh, were the first. And now Florida is among the roughly uh, thirty states reinstating a requirement that unemployment unemployed have to prove they're trying to get a job. Montana is offering a return to work bonus for unemployed recipients who accept a job. Amazon and McDonald's have upped the hourly wage. So did Tyson Foods, hiking wages to try to get people to take a job. Some are paying just to come in and do an interview. And uh, this is where we're at right now. And I'm listening to Jen Psaki, President Biden, and people think tanks that this guy, Andrew Stentner's in, is a fellow at the left-leaning Century Foundation, said he looked at the data. No evidence that the $300 payments or the supplemental payments are holding anyone back from getting a job. That anecdotal evidence and real-life evidence, uh, that's all I need. I don't need to see a pie chart or or a flow chart or a bar graph.
12: Yeah, it's simply bunk. I mean, it's one thing to find a handful of employers saying they have this problem. There are thousands of them. You can go into every state and ask people in all kinds of businesses. Trucking trucking companies are desperate for drivers now. But, you know, the thing these governors are doing, Brian, this is really politically interesting. I don't think this is primarily a political move that the Republican governors are making to uh, drop out of the an insurance bonus system, they want their economies to uh, revive. They want their uh, companies to be able to find workers. If that happens in those Republican states and the economies start reviving and thriving, man, the pressure is going to fall back on the Democrats and on Joe Biden. Are you going to sustain this $300 bonus paying people not to work?
2: That's a great point. Um, You say the constant political anger has become a subset of a larger gameplay and ethos. Before the pandemic, Donald Trump and the media transformed politics into something more like a game. People got up each day to see what the fun uh, Twitter account, Trump's Twitter account, might have put in motion. The Times now that its Play Day partner is gone is marketing itself during the staycation pandemic as an online game site accessible with game subscriptions. So you think we're being played
12: Uh, I think we're being turned into uh, kind of – we've been infantilized, in other words, that the society has been turned into a big game. I mean it is true, uh, but a lot of our listeners don't read the New York Times every day. But the New York Times is indeed marketing itself as a game site. They have puzzles, spelling bees, and so forth because I think a lot of their readers mainly want to play games. Uh, you know, U.S. campuses, as we've known for years, have kind of transformed their campuses into play pens. They can't attract students unless they give them places to play all the time. And I think that has kind of been a tension between the uh, traditional American work ethic and the idea that life is supposed to be fun and supposed to be playing all the time. And, uh, you know, we went through something like this in the 1990s, Brian, that Bill Clinton was president they reformed welfare. They saw that welfare payments were giving people an incentive not to work, and they put the requirement that you had to work in there as well. And that was the whole point of it, is to balance work against welfare. And now I think the requirement is going to be we have to balance work against creating these endless incentives for people to simply stay home and have fun.
2: So, Dan, The Wall Street Journal is the ultimate ultimate capitalist newspaper newspaper. Do you know no one ever mentions capitalism anymore? No one ever mentions competing and competition, the right, the opportunity to be successful and succeed and pursue happiness. We always talk about what we deserve and what we're not getting because of the color of our skin, because of our height, our, our background, our location. No one's ever talking about go compete. Look at the job I earned. Look at the path I'm on. We have lost that whole thing subtly.
12: Yeah. Let me tell you an interesting uh, story by comparison, uh, Brian. Here we are at the end of an awful global pandemic, call it the Chinese flu if you want. Uh, Joe Biden is the president of the United States. And some of us have noticed that after the Spanish flu of 1918, the United States entered into what was called the Roaring Twenties. The amount of economic activity, creativity in the Twenties was extraordinary. President of the United States then was Calvin Coolidge, a Republican. Calvin Coolidge in the 1920s cut the top marginal tax rate from 74 percent to 25 percent. And he, Coolidge famously said, the business of America is business. Fast forward, we're in the same situation. Are we going to get a roaring decade ahead under Joe Biden, whose, whose motto could easily be the business of America is big government, right? And he's raising taxes. So we're gonna get a burst of economic activity here, but everyone's looking at that inflation. Everyone's pulling back. The Journal's reporting this morning that consumer spending uh, on goods has gone flat. And uh, I'm you know, i worried, Brian, that we're not gonna see a repeat of the roaring 20s in the United States with the set of uh, economic policies Joe Biden is putting in place. He's no Calvin Coolidge.
2: Well, I sent another column coming out on that. Couple of things. Uh, <laughs> I, I look at the crisis he's going on right now, and there's certain things that happen as a pre, when, for a president that uh, you really have nothing to do with. I could put George W. Bush there. People point to his, his, uh, his daily brief, and they said Bin Laden determined to attack uh, in America. Oh, that was in many briefs, but you could look up to that. But I really say he wanted to be an education president who cut ta- you know who cut taxes, and next thing you know, we're a wartime president for the next eight years. But everything that's going on with President Biden there, you could you could tack back to his policies at the border. Don't let anybody tell you different. And the most liberal Democrat and most clear thinking Republican who does an anti-Trump Republican knows Donald Trump through stops and uh, stops and starts fixed the border. He dealt with the countries that were the problem. He got the financing through uh, legal gymnastics to get that wall built. He was on track. Joe Biden blew that up, and he continues to blow it up by allowing unaccompanied minors to get here and allowing most people to stay here. Number two, when he decides to revitalize Iranian talks and let go of the Abraham Accords and stop with Saudi Arabia financing uh, of uh, the battle in Yemen, the Houthi rebels are mobilized. The Hamas gets a ton of rockets, and they now feel as though there's not going to be ramifications if they attack Israel. And suddenly we got a Middle East war— and an emboldened Iran, who are once again harassing our ships in the Persian Gulf. And then you see what's happening with inflation. He gave us 1.4 trillion of our own money that we didn't have. He put it into the bloodstream. Now we got inflation. And the cybersecurity allows this pipeline to blow up. He did nothing to stop it. Previous administrations ignored it. And now we got seven dollars a gallon gas in Virginia. Just your thoughts on this? This is his these are this is his doing.
12: Well, Brian, I think there's a theme here, at least to a lot of it, like the border uh, and the inflation uh, and Iran especially. Joe Biden came into office with these Democrats, and they had one single idea in mind, reverse Trump, right? Whatever Donald Trump did, they were going to reverse his policies across the board. And it was all directed at animosity towards Donald J. Trump personally. What he did at the border, what he did at Iran, was done by the Trump administration, not merely the president. These were thought-out policies, and they had a positive effect. And to go in there and simply reverse those policies uh, was mindless, especially what we're seeing at the border. Uh, And in Iran, sure, the Iranians are encouraging Hamas to attack Israel. And now, again, the politics of it is hard to understand, Brian. Why would you let animosity towards Donald Trump put you into a political uh, policy situation that was coming back to haunt you, as all four of these issues are, just as you described them. It makes no sense, but, um, but Joe Biden, a lot of things don't make
2: sense. See, Dan, the whole thing, and I got to go, and always great talking to you, that Calvin Coolidge thing, to put it in perspective where we're at right now, is fascinating, but I always think that people want to be effective and first and political second, and I always get my comeuppance, and it's happening again. I- uh, I, I, he had some wins. He could have taken credit like Clinton used to uh, and and just ran with it, but he just punted. Dan, thanks so much. Have a great weekend.
12: All right. Great to talk to you. Same to you, Brian.
2: You got it. Uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour, Ronald McDaniel. Coming up next, you. one 408 7669 A lot to discuss. Don't move.
1: Giving you everything you
13: need to know. It's Brian Kilmeade from the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, publisher of The Federalist, and I'm inviting you to join a new conversation with the smartest thinkers out there about the country and where we're going. Subscribe to the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.
1: If you're interested in it, Brian's talking about it. You're with Brian Kilmeade.
2: I want to try to get in a couple of calls here. So let's go out to Joe in Arkansas, whose governor has given up the supplemental insurance, I should add, uh, for unemployment. Hey, Joe. Yes, hello? Joe, we're talking about the border with you, right?
16: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to come out of the border. And that's my understanding of the way our government works is that originally the states had all the sovereign powers. And then by ratifying the Constitution, they agreed to hand over certain limited specified enumerated powers to the federal government. And one of those was to take care of immigration, guard the borders, protect the country from invasion. And now it appears that the federal government is ignoring its own laws and neglecting and shirking its duty to guard the country from invasion, to protect the borders, to guard the borders. So I would think that the border states that are affected by this, like Texas, Arizona, and so forth, would be completely well, within the rights to say, well, if the federal government is going to neglect, and shirk its duty, and not fulfill its part of the bargain, we will take that back, that sovereign power ourselves, and we will do whatever's necessary to guard the border and protect the country from. I invasion. would, but you get yourself and in trouble. And, course, the vigilante the stuff, Joe.
2: Joe, the vigilante stuff gets you in trouble. I mean, Bannon tried to build a wall; he's got himself in trouble. Going down there with a gun getting in the way of the Border Patrol, that's a problem. What I think is going to happen in the election, the same way that Donald Trump took all those Hispanic markets in Texas because he secured the border and because he, he cut taxes, that's what's going to happen again. Their goal is to make all those illegals citizens. But that's a long haul. It's not just going to happen. Our, legal, our immigration system is all gummed up, and it's not in line right now to make illegals legal. They can't even get the DACA kids legal.
13: From the Fox News Podcasts Network, download and listen to The Untold Story with Martha McCallum. The host of The Story on Fox News Channel sits down with major newsmakers each week to get their untold story. Subscribe and listen now by going to FoxNewsPodcasts.com.
1: Radio that makes you think. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. Is President Trump the leader of the Republican Party?
14: I believe that voters determine the leader of the Republican Party and President Trump is the leader that they look to. Uh, I support President Trump. Uh, voters support President Trump. He is an important voice in our Republican Party and we look forward to working with him. And
0: how can you be unified so long as you have some members who support the former president and some who don't?
14: We are unified and I look to the voters across America. Republican voters are unified in their support and their desire to work with President Trump and we are unified as Republicans. Uh, as, you, as I said, this is the slimmest majority that Nancy Pelosi has in a generation. We picked up a number of seats, defied expectations. We're going on offense, and we're going to win on
2: the issues. Welcome back, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. That's uh, the breaking news. Congresswoman Elise Stefanik now number three uh, as the party leader in the House, and we know, man, she, she's smart, well-educated. She represents a swing district in New York, and she's really impressed people like President Trump, but she has not voted with him every step of the way like the woman he re- she replaced, Liz Cheney. Joining us now is Uh, In this exciting time, Ronna McDaniel, RNC chairwoman, got renewed. Ronna, welcome back. Great to
17: be with you. Thanks for having me.
2: So, I mean, I know you've uh, met Elise Stefanik before. Are you surprised that she was the replacement?
17: I'm not. You know, Elise was in charge of recruitment at the House. She's been a rising leader. She was really instrumental in a lot of these women being elected in 2020, getting behind them. And she's somebody I know really well. I've spent a lot of time with her in New York, and she's focusing on the right things, which is unifying and winning back the House in 2022, which is what House leadership should be
2: talking about. And for people who say, well, January 6th, uh, that was the President Trump's fault. I mean, Kevin McCarthy indicated that. Lindsey Graham indicated that. But something changed since then. What changed?
17: Well, I think everybody unilaterally says everything that happened on January 6th to see our Capitol stormed was horrific and egregious and anybody who was part of that needs to be held accountable and that's not just Democrats. That's Republicans. Nobody wants to see that happen to our Capitol. But we're moving forward as to 2022 and what's on the ballot. And when you see gas prices rising, when you see the terrible jobs number we just saw, when you see the crisis at the border, when you see Israel under attack, and you see Joe Biden failing to lead on all of these issues and all of these things happening as direct result of bad policies, boy, we've got to stop talking about the past and start looking towards the future. And how do we take back the House and the Senate in
2: 2022? So here's a little of the. sparring that went back and forth. The one thing that I think helps you, Rana, you can come up with the best strategy, the best campaign, the best ideas and get the best polling, but President Biden seems to be your best strategy. What he has done, and he's confident that he's doing a great job, and the American people say he's got over 50% approval rating, but what he has done with uh, flooding the zone with money that you can link to inflation. Uh, What is going on? The way he's responded to this hack of the pipeline with gas as high as $7 now in Virginia. What has happened at the border? His insistence on reigniting that 2015 terrible agreement with Iran. You could draw a direct line to Hamas rockets. That must make people sit back and go, yeah, I didn't like this guy's tweets. But, man, on his worst day, it's better than Joe Biden's best day. And that was the approach Brett Baer had with Liz Cheney last night. Listen to this. Cut 54.
10: We've had a real focus uh, on making sure people understand that that the Biden policies are dangerous. If you look at the impact for the people of Wyoming, banning oil and gas leases on public lands is really dangerous. It's really heartless. We've been very clear about that. What's happening at the border is very dangerous. So the issue isn't whether or not we stand against the Biden policies. The issue is, are we going to be a party that sits, sits by silently while the former president continues to perpetuate lies about the election? So what's your
2: reaction to that? Everything she said is 100 percent right, but she just well, can't you know, stomach I, the president.
4: Former. Well,
17: you know, I haven't heard her say any of those things in the past several months. I haven't heard her talk about Biden and how do we win back the House. And I think that's the whole crux of why she just got removed from leadership. She's not helping raise money. She's not helping focus on the future of the party. And right now, when you see what Biden's doing and the dismantling of our economy and, and our border and, and our and – peace in Israel, in the Middle East. All of these things are directly because of Joe Biden, and that's what Republicans should be talking about and focusing on, especially in-house leadership, and that's why we needed this change.
2: So uh, so I know you don't want to get involved in that because that's the House's business, but you think it's for the better.
17: Yeah, we don't get involved, but I understand why they did it. I do, as I talk to House members. I was at the House retreat. She wasn't there. Everybody should be singing from the same songbook, which is, what are we gonna do to win in 2022? That's what everybody should be talking about. We are four seats away from taking back the House. And when you see Biden, not only what he's done, but potentially stacking the Supreme Court, getting rid of the filibuster, the capital gains tax, all the things that it, they even have on the
16: table—huge
17: election reforms, federalizing the election—Republicans more than ever need to be united in how do we stop this? And the only way we can do that is by taking back
2: the House. And by the way, there's all, there's detailed talk now about how D.C. would look as a state to be Washington Douglas. They're going to carve out just the area by the Capitol Building and leave it uh, and leave it neutral. And uh, they're going to get into detail, and they're going to try to get this on a a pure party-line vote. Scary. Um, uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Constitutionally, I don't think it flies. Do you?
17: I don't think it's constitutional. I also think H.R. 1, now S. 1, is also unconstitutional. But I I think it's, it's opening eyes for a lot of Americans who thought Biden would come in and be a moderate and work across the aisle and be reasonable. That's all gone. He is a progressive. He wants to fundamentally transform this country down to its foundation, strip away things that are outlined very clearly in our Constitution, and take away voting uh, procedures away from the states and federalize it. He will absolutely uh, take over every aspect of our country if he can with this power grab, especially when he's working with big tech, the corporate culture, and the media. Um, So Republicans' last stand really is taking back the House and the Senate in 2022, and that's why everyone in leadership should be talking about that and talking about the future, not the past.
2: So here's uh, the Secretary of Homeland, Alejandro Mayorkas. Listen to what he says is the cause of the problems at the border, Cut-16.
6: We began our work with systems and tools that the prior administration had dismantled and with assistance programs that had been torn down or cut short. We had to rebuild while at the same time addressing the surge of unaccompanied children that had begun in April of 2020 many months before we took office.
2: So the thing you ran on, which is border security, he says you destroyed, not you, but the president destroyed.
17: It's a lie, what he's saying. I mean, you look at the Trump policies, let's just talk about remain in Mexico, that has people stay in Mexico as they're seeking asylum instead of catch and release. Uh, You look at the increase that we're seeing, it's the highest in in April in 20 years, a 270% increase over last year. I mean, this isn't just happening. And remember, Brian, the cartels are running the border. So as they send this surge of migrants to the border, they're putting the bad people through as our agents are dealing with the, the surge. And it's really frightening what's happening at our border and especially the kids. I mean, Democrats are putting kids up on their, on their pages, and talking about them under Trump as these uh, kids were coming over unaccompanied. More kids are coming over now, and they're mm-hmm. facing atrocities, and the media and Hollywood woke community has gone silent, and this is all as a result of failing policies by the Biden administration, who also, by the way, ha- still hasn't visited the border, nor has K- Kamala Harris still haven't visited the border.
2: R- uh, Rana, I think you'll recognize uh, this voice. It is your uncle, and he is <laughs> exasperated going at Mayorkas. Cut 15.
5: Your view is is that this is the way it's going to be. If I I may, if I
6: may, Senator, they have a claim under the law for humanitarian relief, either um, their claim of asylum or their claim for special immigrant juvenile status. And we can,
5: in fact, meet
6: the challenge.
5: What, What I find astonishing, Mr. Chairman, is that we have the secretary responsible for securing our border and our immigration system who doesn't recognize these charts as being a problem. And there are human beings behind these numbers. And it is not saying, hey, we've got to make some changes immediately. I, oh. I, find, that, I find that extraordinary and, and extremely damning.
6: He had
2: no answers. And for, for Senator Mitt Romney to—and this went on for, uh, for a long time— for him to be exasperated, who's very reasonable, even as most people, even his greatest critic would say he's a very reasonable person and he could not handle it anymore when he's being flat out lied to. Yeah, he was
17: right on going after Mayorkas, and I'm glad that he did. And more of that needs to happen, frankly, from the media Because what's happening at our border, first of all, their policies are creating a magnet. And so they're making uh, they're drawing people here from other countries. And the Remain in Mexico policy was so sound to let people stay in Mexico as they were seeking asylum as these cases were adjudicated. It makes so much sense. And the Biden administration just walked away from that and look at what's happening. And you're right. These are Mitt's right. These are people. These are people who are being put in harm's way, um, who are making these dangerous crossings, and kids are really suffering the brunt of it.
2: Rhonda, let's talk about some of the Senate seats that are going to be open. Uh, What do you think is uh, some of the candidates in Georgia that you're looking to run against, Raphael Warnock? Who who should uh, we keep an eye on?
17: Well, you've got Hershel Walker out there who's already uh, announced that he's looking at it. Um, And I think you're going to have some other candidates coming forward. But the reality is, Raphael Warnock ran as a moderate. He talked to Georgians about how he'd come to Washington and get them each $2,000 in stimulus checks. And now, that's being exposed. And I think we'll come back and win that seat. We're also looking at um, Arizona with Mark Kelly, because many of these Democrats that came in ran as something different than as they're governing.
2: Right. So in Mark Kelly, is it the attorney general thinking about doing it? Is that something you're looking for? Yeah,
17: you've, you've got the attorney general, but there's two other self funder business people in that race uh, that I think I have announced or are looking at it. So I think you'll have a wide open field. Listen, I'm a fan of primaries, Brian. I think primaries strengthen a candidate make them ready for the general election but from an rnc perspective we're already in play in both of those states we're already registering voters and getting ready uh, for the general so that we can support whichever candidate comes out of the primary
2: pat toomey's going to be retiring and sean parnell yeah. is one of two candidates that have said uh, count me in for the senate race what else could you tell us about who's going to be in pennsylvania so there's,
17: a, there's a lot of candidates looking at the Senate and the governor's race in Pennsylvania, and some of them are making a decision which way they're going to go. Um, you know, I think Sean could potentially be going against a Conor Lamb. Connor Lamb looks like he's going to look at it because of redistricting in Pennsylvania. Um, and that would be a, a rematch of what we just saw in 2020 between those two candidates.
2: And that was just a couple of uh, percentage points uh, away. And then you have Ohio. Now, uh, among the people considering doing that is, is J.D. Vance. Well, who else has yep. is, is, is reached out to you guys and said, I'm, I might be running?
17: So Jane Timkins announced she's the former state party chair in Ohio. You've got Mike Gibbons. You've got uh, Josh Mandel, who was going to run in 2018 and had to pull out in that shared brown race. It's a pretty wide open field. Um, Bernie um, Moreno is running, and many of them have endorsements from um, – you know, uh, senators and others across the country. Uh, But, you know, Republicans have been doing incredibly well in Ohio. And we also have DeWine back on the ballot in Ohio, which I think will help us keep that state red.
2: Very interesting how they handle the pandemic. is going to have a lot lot to do with their future. Do you, when you look at Lee Zeldin on Long Island, uh, a veteran who's still in the National Guard, Jewish, who has the ear of New York City, the Jewish community, Do you give him a shot, maybe the first legitimate shot since Governor Pataki?
17: I do. I think you've got to look at some of these states that have been governed so poorly because of Democrat leadership. You look at the flight from from New York to states like Florida and Texas, uh, and that's because of Cuomo. And so you can't count out Republicans in some of these states that you wouldn't consider. Remember, we have a Republican governor in Massachusetts. Um, We have a Republican governor in Maryland. I I can't see why there's not an opportunity in New York, but also Virginia. We have a great candidate that was just nominated uh, in Virginia for governor, who I
2: think could put up a good rate. Lastly, Corporate America, famously about two months ago after January 6th, says we're leaving the Republican Party, and a lot uh, came out publicly. What could you tell us about the fundraising and how your targets have changed
17: well, we we had a record fundraising in, in March. We reported that. We had a great first quarter. And most of it's coming from small dollars, uh, people who are very disturbed and concerned about the direction of this election, and they are giving to the RNC. And so we don't rely on corporate America as much. But I, I will say... Corporate America is making a mistake when they discount 50 percent of the country. Uh, We are consumers, too. We are very cognizant of of companies that are coming out and basically saying uh, we don't want to work with Republicans. And and I think that's a problem for our country, that they're getting involved in politics. Look at the MLB moving from a 55 percent business black owned city to a 10 percent black city in in Colorado for the MLB game. It cost a hundred million dollars for Cobb right. County. Uh, I think it's shameful what they're doing, and those laws in Georgia are common sense. They are being, disc- um, you know, totally mischaracterized by Democrats. It's a lie, and they're using racism in a way to push political gain. And they're actually demeaning what racism really is when they're being dishonest with the American people.
2: Look, you got to, you know, I, I know your job is to raise money, but if you get the money from the people and not the corporations. You'll be the most independent, uh, you'll have the most independent candidates uh, over the last uh, 100 years, maybe. So make them pay. Uh, Ronna McDaniel, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. You got it.
1: Newsmakers and newsbreakers. Hear it first, only on The Brian Kilmeade
13: Show. It's the Hammer Time Podcast. Fox News Channel's Bill Hammer takes you one-on-one with engaging personalities covering the critical issues of the day. Find Hammer Time now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. America's listening to Fox News. Breaking news. Unique opinions. Hear it
1: all on The Brian Kilmeade Show.
2: Hey, welcome back, everyone. Just a quick uh, reminder, or actually one of the first times I'm saying it, I have a book coming out in the fall if you want to pre-order The President and the Freedom Fighter. How uh, Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass' uh, wartime friendship helped win a war and save America's soul. So I think you guys are really going to like it. It's really uh, talking about everything we're talking about today, only actually when it happened. uh, When there was uh, a huge racial problem in our country and there was this thing called slavery that needed to be fought uh, to get rid of. So meanwhile... According to my watch, I think, as much as I've told you already, I think you need to know more.
1: More to Know. Sponsored by Oxford Gold Group. Call today to learn how you can protect your retirement and savings account. 833-600-GOLD. That's 833-600-GOLD.
2: All right, here we go. Bill Moore has tested positive for COVID-19, but here's the kicker. He's been vaccinated. He'll miss his first broadcast in 28 years. He was supposed to have Neil uh, deGrasse Tyson on. He was supposed to have um, uh, World War Z author Max Brooks and hardcore history podcast guy Dan Carlin.
14: Well, here's here's the thing, though. I mean, A, he's railed against COVID already, right? But I cannot wait to hear his monologue when he comes back about he's been vaccinated and tested positive. A, why are they still testing? And B, based on what the CDC said yesterday, even if he's positive, it's unlikely he's going to spread it. So to miss your first heaping in 28 years, how angry would you be?
2: Oh, I would be crazed. Uh, next, New York man saves a bald eagle and helps nurse and nurse it to health. I'm talking about Tom Fears was driving home in Hutchinson River Parkway. That's right here in New York. Last week, when he saw a large plastic bag in the roadway, he got closer. He realized it was not a bag, but a bald eagle. He stopped his car, backed it up in the utility lane. Quote, it didn't resist at all. I had my arms crossed, its uh, wings were folded, and his head was more or less lying on my forearm. It was not in great shape. Two women pulled over after seeing him. Uh, they evidently got him better. The moment was not lost on fear. He said it felt pretty good. It's feeling you cannot replicate, you know, that you got there, and when you did, it was a goner. So he saved it. Uh, Evidently, he was suffering from lead poisoning, which it affects the vision. It likely he struck a tree or something with his elbow grounded, so he's okay now.
14: He is in Fox Radio's CJ Papa wrote that for dot com.
2: Excellent. Target says it's now out of the sports card business for the foreseeable future. This just days after the extreme demand for boxes led to violence at a store in Milwaukee. People have gone crazy for cards again. Really? Uh, yeah. You have to send them in to get them valued, and then they send them back and say this is how much it is. It's at least thousand bucks." That's crazy. To get them valued. Brian Kilman. See you at 7 tonight.
13: From the Fox News Podcasts Network, download and listen to The One with Craig Gutfeld, the co-host of The Five, like you've never heard him before. You know him. You love him. You want to be like him. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. From the Fox News Radio studios
1: in New York City, giving you opinions and facts with a positive approach. It's Brian Kilmeade.
2: Thanks so much for listening, everybody. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show coming to you from New York, heard around the country, heard around the world. We have Shannon Bream getting set to help us out, and Jamie Metzel. got some breaking news. It looks like Glyn Cheney out yesterday, and today Elise Stefanik easily wins the votes necessary to be the number three person in the party. Are they ready to soar from here, perhaps? A lot of things are going their way, and sadly, it's because a lot of things aren't going America's way, which leads to my first one on the big three. But first, here's number three.
1: Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three.
3: We are on the verge of a a full-scale war in the Middle East, and, and it's worth pausing and reflecting what a different place we were in six months ago under the Trump administration. The, the administration and the president made very clear that America stands unequivocally with Israel. Uh,
2: that is true. Uh, blood continues to spill as violence rages and rockets fly and fill the sky in and around Israel and the Palestinian region, mainly thanks to Hamas. Iran fuels it all, yet we still continue to try and revive that 2015 nuclear agreement. Plus, I'll bring in the latest on the Colonial Pipeline Payoff.
5: Number two. Your view, is, your view is that this is the way it's going to be. If, if I may, if I may, Senator, we can, in fact,
6: meet the challenge.
5: Yeah, in the what, what I find astonishing, mm-hmm. astonishing, Mr. Chairman, is that we have the secretary responsible for securing our border and our immigration system who doesn't recognize these charts as being a problem.
2: It's a border crisis, but the question is, is it all intentional? Hard to explain such ineptness. It's to the point where Mitt Romney is exasperated. Want some comic relief? They blame Trump.
4: Number one. What we're really doing is empowering individuals to make decisions about their own health. So if you are vaccinated and you are making the decision to take off your mask, then you've made the decision to get vaccinated and you are safe. If you are unvaccinated, then you have made the decision to take that risk. Thanks, Doc.
2: Mass mandates lifted by the CDC and the White House, but yet so many are pushing back, including the speaker. What happened to trusting the science, or do you see politics as crisis mount? I do. Does the president need a distraction? Yes. The bottom line is trust is gone. But I trust when we booked Shannon Bream a week ago that she'd be back again today And I call right now to Shannon Bream, the same Shannon Bream who wrote The Women of the Bible, The Wisdom of 16 Women and Their Lessons for Today, who hosts Fox News at night at 12. Shannon, welcome back. Are you there? All of your dreams have come true. Yes, (laughs) I'm here. It is true so <laughs> i'm a bream come true it, you are a bream. i guess you've said that before and it's genius <laughs> uh,
18: well i personally haven't said it about myself it's been said about me so i am co-opting someone's line but you know always unprompted. glad to be with you
2: well first off so just to give me your impressions being in washington so the uh, joe biden who never goes anywhere without two masks Uh, We're 24 hours on Wednesday. He sat with the big four in the Oval Office, all wearing masks indoors, even though they were all vaccinated. Goes jogging out to the podium in the Rose Garden and says, I have good news. It's really good news. And here's what it sounded like. Cut for
7: I think it's a great milestone, a great day. You know, some people said we couldn't do this, that it would not be until the fall that we had this many people vaccinated. That 2021 might be a lost year for our country, as 2020 was. But we proved the doubters wrong. Cut five. If you've been fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. Let me repeat. If you are fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. But if you've not been vaccinated, or if you're getting a two-shot routine vaccine and you've not gotten your you only had your first shot but not your second or you haven't waited the full 2 weeks after your second shot you still need to wear a mask
2: okay number 1 it's up to me if i didn't get a vaccine i'll live on the edge i'll be over lenda on a high wire between buildings where one more move and it's certain death and if i did get vaccinated we knew this already What do you think prompted that announcement yesterday? They can't point to any study that gave it. They just said they announced it.
18: It is so odd because it actually comes at the same time that the teachers union president, Randy Weingarten, said, hey, I'm calling for full schools to be reopened in the fall. I mean – all of that seems very connected and, and maybe you know one flew from, led from the other maybe they were coordinated I don't know but people are scratching their heads you know I was sitting at the nail salon yesterday when this thing came in and the women started cheering and taking off their masks and then everybody started asking the question like well why now what was because we were told there was impending doom you remember the CDC director it was only a matter of weeks ago that she was sort of like I'm going to go off script and seem sort of teary-eyed like we're not going to make it through this next wave or not those exact words but something like the terrible wave is coming this next and and here we are in may and all of a sudden it's like take off your mask and get your life back i don't know it feels very much like whiplash and i'm not sure what to make of it but hey i think for most people it's good news
2: it's good news and it's everything to do with virginia has up to seven dollars per gallon gas has everything to do with the pipeline disaster their inability to fix it to guard it Ah, uh, for the ransom payment of five million dollars, which they choose to plow over. I don't know if they had a choice. No one's held me, thankfully, for ransom. Although they do try to get my uh, yes. try to hack into my iPad on a regular basis, it's and I would listener. pay five million dollars to keep those pictures private. However, I would advise you as your lawyer to do that. Thank you very much, but I have not retained you. Uh, there's a lot of people <laughs> that want to be my Hold lawyer. Up. Okay, I can't <laughs> afford Shannon Bream, who's not practicing because you're way out of practice. I need somebody that does this every day. That's so true. You have that. You have the escalating crisis in the Middle East. You got the people on the left flank saying pro-Palestinian, anti-Israel rhetoric. They don't like that. The border is an absolute mess. No one's buying. It's Donald Trump's fault. You don't like that. I don't love the fact that inflation is coming, just like everyone— predicted because he printed so much money that we didn't have nobody has to say who you voted for when lumber costs more when milk costs more when gas costs more so with all those things happening i have an idea let's ditch the mask there's no way they're not connected Shannon. Well, by the
18: way, when you bring up this inflation, I thought it was very interesting that Jen Saki said at the White House yesterday that it was a sign of the economy making its way back, of a healthy, strong economy that's rebounding. Ah. <laughs> I don't know that there's any economist um, – right. I don't care what their personal ideology or politics are – that would say inflation's a good, positive sign right. uh, for the economy. So, uh, listen, I, I feel like you know there's a little bit of stretching going on. But you're right. We did – the other night we started our show with a list of everything that was going on, everything that you mentioned. Israel, the pipeline, inflation, the border—I mean, yeah, it's only—you know—we're not even four months in, and there's a lot of uh, stuff piling up for the president to handle, and they're calling lids at like three o'clock in the afternoon. So, uh, I think that they have to do something. <laughs> Can you imagine that, the, Shannon?
2: Sorry. If like you tried to do that, I know my show's on at twelve, but, uh, but I'm, I'm putting a lid on it. I'm—I'm going to just done. stop. I—I'm uh, going to stop. I'm mm-hmm. stopping at three. I'm putting it.
18: If you're the president, ah. listen, I know any real president is, of Thank course, you. on call 24 hours Maybe. a day. But, but, you know, when Susan you shut Rice things is. down in the afternoon when there are 10 major crises going on, but when you have much of the mainstream media acting like those are not real crises or not talking it's about true. them or it's not true. talking about the border or anything else, for a lot of people who aren't following it the way that we do every day as part of our jobs, they get this sense of, hey, there are no mean tweets. We're not in a fight with anybody. Everything is fine. Doesn't this feel good?
2: Shannon, you're missing it. The meat that's told true, but you know what they have? January 6th. They have January 6th as if it was yesterday. And that's what they keep rolling on. And they keep on talking about Liz Cheney. When as much as I like Liz Cheney, and I do, and we both both met her, she used to work here uh, as tough and strong and smart. She's not close to a powerful politician yet. She is somebody that was emerging, but she doesn't equal. Is she going to run for president? Oh, that'll work as good as Kasich worked. You know, as effective as, you know, as effective as Governor Christie, who I think is great. But no one gets traction on Trump and the Republican Party. Don't pretend like she's a rival. Like uh, Senator Jeff Flake might run. Oh, pinch. Oh, my goodness. What drama. What will we do? Well, again, it's
18: it's like the media will focus on that kind of stuff. And they love this Liz Cheney thing. I mean, they've been on that for weeks. But what about AOC, who actually does have millions more followers than Nancy Pelosi, has much more sway, and is out there saying things like you can't just say that Israel can defend itself. (laughs) You know, I mean, the— why not pay attention to the division that's within either party? I mean, it, it's an interesting story when you have the parties having internal disagreements and fights. But it seems like you know the mainstream media is much more interested in the GOP splits than they are um, with Democrats.
2: So with this whole thing with the masks, fascinating. So this is great news. Uh, by the way, I'm not wearing masks. I don't know what our Fox policy is, but I, I don't really wear masks. But I'm not even <laughs> wearing them in the building. Okay, I was they're mm-hmm. off. I don't even. So now these different businesses aren't buying the science. Kroger, wear I a know. mask. Home Depot, wear a mask. Starbucks, wear a mask. And guess who else isn't? Speaker Pelosi. Speaker Pelosi says, "When you're on the House floor, you'll wear a mask." Why? Everyone's been vaccinated. Don't you believe the science? The 96% okay. effectiveness. You know, polio is 70%. Did I get? Am I going to get polio today?
18: Okay, but also before we had the vaccines, she was getting her hair
2: done. Yes,
18: in a, in a salon without a mask Great on. So, point. I, you know. I I can't keep up.
2: But you can. You know, you take my issues and you you put them up higher. You take it another step. I totally forgot about the hair salon.
18: Yeah, but I'm saying that was months ago. We didn't have, there were no vaccines, you know, on the horizon at that moment. And she felt safe going to a hair salon. So I don't know why with every single member either has had COVID or has had, has been fully vaccinated. I think just about everybody in the House and Senate, I I don't know, about the House floor. I mean, that's, that's a pretty select group of people who can go there and talk.
2: So the other big story, Shannon, which I want to start covering as the news gets better with the pandemic, is the origin of this virus. And I've mm-hmm. been told by people, experts in the field, if we do not understand thoroughly what happened, we can't stop the next one, which right. won't look like this one. And we have to full-court full press from Josh Rogan to Joe Rogan uh, from, uh, I believe it's got to come from all the networks. This is nonpartisan. It happened in China. What role did the NIH play? How much money were we giving? What did Anthony Fauci know about it? Why is the Wuhan lab allowed to get away with it? Top researchers are now calling for a real investigation into the origin of the COVID-19 virus. 18 prominent biologists, including the world's foremost coronavirus researcher, are lending their weight to calls for a new investigation on all possible origins of the virus. This is where we got to go. Here's Tom Cotton, cut 14.
12: The blame for this lies entirely at the doorstep of the Chinese Communist Party. Maybe this was preventable. It was preventable in October and November and December of 2019 when you saw the first signs of a new kind of viral pneumonia in Wuhan. The Chinese Communist Party didn't respond then. They're still lying today. The evidence continues to point first and foremost to the labs in Wuhan.
2: Chances, Shannon, of getting a legitimate interest on both sides of the aisle, on all networks, on on newspapers?
18: I would not hold your breath. But I would say that there are people who are doing very interesting long-form pieces and investigations that are using information that is mostly publicly available that raises these questions. I mean, you saw the questioning with Senator Paul this week and Dr. Fauci, Senator Paul also a physician, so he's going to understand this stuff much better than I do. But I've been reading up on this gain of function and, you know, what U.S. dollars were flowing where. And uh, listen, I was never, you know, number one in my class in biology or any of that kind of stuff, but if you take the time to read these articles that are documented, they are sourced, um, they are thorough. Uh, It takes a little concentration and, and, um, you know, really buckling down and trying to weed through the scientific information, but if you do that, you're going to have serious questions. And the fact that people early on, there were some of those who said, absolutely not from the lab, this wasn't a mistake, this and the other, and then you trace some of them and what their interest would have been in saying that so quickly before we really had all the information, Um, I think it's very thought-provoking, and I would hope that people, regardless of party, would want answers about that. And from China, of all places, we know they're not going to be straight with us, they're not straight with the world. We know their self-interest is always going to be China above anything and everything else. So you have to take everything at face value. And I think it's very frustrating for the mm-hmm. average American to sit and watch if they're tuned into this thing, that people so quickly um, digest what China gives them. You know, they didn't allow people in until a year later. I mean, what can, what can you do in a year um, of not being able to see records and right. traces and talk to people, some of whom died? Um, you know, I, I would hope there'd be a real quest for answers.
2: Jamie Metzl is going to be on with this senior fellow at the Atlanta Council, and he was he's still an advisor to the WHO who uh, knows people well and trying to live there for a while. He'll be with us in 10 minutes. You're willing. I'm going to. If we work out some type of licensing deal, you could glue use some of my sound tonight on your show. You think? Yeah.
18: Is that going to be pricey, though? I feel like that stuff coming from you. Like, you're a pretty high dollar. Well,
2: there's an initiation fee to be part of the club, and oh, that's what wow. I, that's what really – uh, it's people probably back.
18: six figures, and they're all to the left of the zero. Right, but after, think, that, or it's, or it,
2: after that, it's just a monthly uh, payment, which we automatically <laughs> take out of your checking.
18: I'll see if I can get a sponsor.
2: <laughs> That'll be so great. Someone sponsor me <laughs>
18: to be able to get Brian Me stuff on my
2: show. That, hey, that's something you should do. Uh, this show brought to you by Shannon, uh, the Fox News at night, brought to you by Models. Uh, and right, where
18: Mo- it's going to be some food situation. It's going to be a Chick-fil-A oh. or you know some kind of terrible-for-me food. Or
2: Friday's restaurant. Um,
18: Why not? Because it is cool. its it has got loaded fries, bacon bits, all that kind of stuff. Yeah.
2: Perfect. Well, if the Mayor de Blasio would eat them, I'll, I'll have them.
18: Oh, I can't. Terrible. That eating video <laughs> is just too much.
2: Shannon Bream, I've really enjoyed our time. I felt like we were freelancing a lot. I felt like it was, it was almost news jazz.
18: I like it. Scatty, that, 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 do.
2: Up into your weekend for you. <laughs>
16: all right. Pick up her <laughs> book. The
2: Women of the Bible. Speak. It's not a musical. Thanks, Shannon.
1: It's Brian Kilmeade. New from the
13: Fox News Podcasts Network.
7: My name is Kennedy and welcome to my podcast, which will I humbly say single-handedly save the world.
13: You're welcome. It's Kennedy saves the world. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.
1: The fastest three hours in radio. You're with Brian Kilmeade.
12: Do you say free fries when you get vaccinated? Um, I got vaccinated. You're saying I could get this? The delicious rice. Just think of this when you think of vaccination. Mmm, vaccination.
2: I just want you to know what we're dealing with here in New York. We got Governor Cuomo, the most arrogant, pompous person you've ever met. Still in denial about his nine accusers. Uh, already saying the investigation into him is not going to be complete. And then you got this idiot mayor eating fries, thinking that I was going to get a shot, but I can't. I have to buy fries, or I've got to get a Pfizer shot. I think I'll get fries. Wait, I can get free fries. Yeah, one. This disclaimer is only like up to three dollars and eight cents, or You're something kidding. ridiculous. No. So meanwhile, there's a million dollar lottery in Ohio where you can re-enter every week. There's going to pick a new winner, and we this clown with all that free money he just got for shutting his city down. Says a burger and fries. No, three dollar
14: fries. Three dollars
2: <laughs> Matt listening in North Carolina. Matt, what's on your mind?
16: Hello, Brian. How are you doing? Good. You heard Have our interview
2: with guess? uh with Dan Hanniger about the work ethic in America.
16: Yes, yes, sir. But you had excellent guests, if I may add, Shannon Bream, Ronald McDaniel, and who was the man that ended at about ten fifteen or ten twenty? Who's that? His name Dan yes. Henniger. Yes. Dan
2: Hanniger, the Wall Street Journal. Okay
16: i us like to write that down, sir. Let me quick, quickly tell you, uh, to, to expound on Dan Henniger, what he said is that he's exactly correct, and you'll agree, Brian, Biden's doing everything, the hell with the American people, to reverse everything Trump did, did for America. And I don't mean to get as wound up as you are, we're worried about you having a heart attack, but it's ridiculous because these free stimulus payments or nothing, but it's... it's Appreciate I hear will take I care hear, of...
2: I hear your passion, Matt. Thanks. So what he's saying is, Dan Hanniger wrote its column on the Wall Street Journal, saying, not so much, why aren't Americans working, but where's the work ethic? And that we've been told to stay home and not work. And he's concerned about blue-collar men and women who, you know, for on an average day, they're putting in grinding work and then told to go home, maybe lose their job, and they look around, they can't go out to eat, they can't really go to a park, can't go to a museum or a library... And they, maybe America's gotten lazy. And now with the money coming in, they're making more not to work. He's worried about the series of events changing the country. When we come back, the country that changed ours, China. And what just happened about that lab, we just found out, Jamie Metzel.
13: Fox Nation presents Podcasts, Women of the Bible Speak.
2: I'm Shannon Bream, host of Fox News
18: at Night and author of the new book, Women of the Bible Speak, the wisdom of 16 women and their lessons for today. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, FoxNewsPodcast.com, or wherever you download your podcasts.
1: The talk show that's getting you talking. You're with Brian Kilmeade. Dr. Fauci, do you still
15: support funding of the NIH funding of the lab in Wuhan? Senator Paul, with all due respect, you are entire, entirely and completely incorrect that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute of Do they fund Virology. Dr. Barrick? Will you in front of this group categorically say that the COVID-19 could not have occurred through serial passage in a laboratory? I do not have any accounting of what the Chinese may have done, and I'm fully in favor of any further investigation of what went on in China. However, I will repeat again, the NIH and NIAID categorically has not funded gain-of-function research to be conducted in the Wuhan Institute. Government scientists like yourself who favor gain of function research. I don't favor gain of function research in China. You are saying naturally. things that are not correct.
2: Wow. That was important. Not because we sat down on the outside and we're not experts and we said, well, who's right? They both seem so sure of themselves. And we got to bring in a real expert, Jamie Metzl, senior fellow at the Atlantic Council, advisor to the World Health Organization. Uh, Jamie, welcome back. When you heard that, what do you think? If you were there and could add some, some, uh, uh, be the be the fact check. Yeah. What would you add to that conversation?
9: Well, I would say that they're both right in from the perspective of the question um, as they perceive it. So. Dr. Fauci is right that in U.S. government documents uh, there is a definition of gain of function, and by that very technical definition, uh, the support that was given to the, from the U.S. government to the EcoHealth Alliance and through the EcoHealth Alliance, which is a private organization, to the Wuhan um, Institute of Virology, it wasn't gain of function research in that technical term, in that technical sense. And Senator Paul was right of let's just, what does gain of function mean? It means you are giving a virus additional function like the ability to infect human cells. And so by the common sense definition of those language, of that language, what the NIH um, was supporting was gain of function. But the key question as I see it is, what was happening in those labs? Um, what do we know? What resources and information, data, records, samples do we need to figure out how this pandemic started? Um, Given that China is engaged in a massive and ongoing cover-up where they're destroying the samples, hiding the records, imprisoning journalists, and they have a gag order on scientists, how do we demand the kind of access that we need to get to the bottom of this critically important question?
2: So the story out today there's some very eminent virologists, including Dr. Barrick, who worked for the lab in Wuhan, have published a statement that both zoonotic origin and the lab accident are viable as yep. an origin of this virus. Is that significant?
9: Hugely significant. I mean, I tweeted about this uh, yesterday. Um, if Ralph Barrick, the world's leading corona virologist, who was doing this work in conjunction with the Wuhan Institute of Virology, who published papers with um, the famous bat lady, Dr. Shi Zheng Li, the, the director of a piece of the, the Wuhan Institute of Virology. If he is saying um, that the lab incident hypothesis is a viable option that must be fully investigated, investigated, literally nobody can say that it shouldn't be fully investigated. We don't know. Uh, Right now, or at least I don't know exactly how this pandemic started. There are two possible theories. It could have happened through jumps between animals in the wild and getting to humans, although there's no evidence of that. And it could, and I think probably did, but we don't know, um, have started from a lab accident. But if Dr. Barak is saying we need a full investigation, if Tedros Adhanom, the director of the WHO, is saying, we need a full investigation. We need a full investigation. We have to do whatever it takes to get it. But
16: we're
2: not going to be able to get to that lab in China without some type of pressure that I don't know exists. What kind of pressure yeah. could exist? Well, and so that is that is the
9: problem, is that the Chinese government, they're not going to say, oh, geez, sorry, world. You know, we, we now have this pandemic. It's killed based on whatever, however you're calculating. Some people say more than three million. University of Washington says it's over Nine million, and and maybe it comes from a lab accident and and uh, and cover up. Sure, come on in and have a look. But if that's China's position, then we need to set things up. We're saying we demand a full investigation. If they say no, you know, to hell with you, world. Um, we're just gonna you you can't look. Then what we can say is, look, we tried. We gave you every opportunity. Um, to be part of a process of understanding how this terrible crisis began. Um, But if you don't want to do it, we're going to set up our own parallel investigation. That's uh, the United States government, allied governments, uh, scientists like the members of our group and others um, around the world coming together. And there's a huge amount of information that we have gathered and can gather even without access. Access to the lab records and the samples, that's really important but if we can't get it we can't get it but that doesn't mean we shouldn't ask the tough questions and do our own investigation to the best of our ability
2: absolutely and you know you could do this. a lot goes if if a country is vilified and embarrassed they're all about pride china and if they it becomes clear that they're ducking and responsible uh that at least might i guess possibly result in more responsible behavior when it comes to this. They seem to be an unending source of it. Uh, Do you think this is important? Yesterday, top researchers are calling for a real investigation into the origin of the virus of the Wuhan lab. Uh, Now in a letter in the journal Science, 18 prominent biologists, including the world's foremost coronavirus researcher, are lending their weight to calls for a new investigation uh, for the origins of the virus. Now they seem seem subsiding in, in the U.S., and the uk and maybe europe do you do do uh, i'm reading more and more jamie metzl you're no longer a lone voice in the wind yeah yeah i mean this is very gratifying
9: for me when i started this last year in the in the earliest days of the pandemic february of last year i started raising these questions and I was really attacked. And, and you and I, Brian, maybe are coming from slightly different political origins. I'm a, I'm a progressive, and I know you, you're you a, a bit more conservative, but we're on the same side. Everyone in the world should be on the same side of saying, let's ask these tough questions. So all of last year, it was very, very lonely. <laughs> um, attack from the right, attack from the left. Um, and then this year, things have really started to, to open up, and this science letter it's just really significant because this was um, the first peer-reviewed scientific uh, letter in a, in a peer-reviewed scientific journal and that sounds technical um, to lots of people myself included but what it means is that this scientific the basic problem is that the scientific the mainstream scientific community and mainstream media have really shunned this idea of this uh, that this pandemic could have started from an accidental lab incident and I feel like what we've done now is we've broken through that orthodoxy. Now, that, that, that orthodoxy, that it had to happen in this way, that maybe it, it happened, but it, it, it is no longer viable. And so I think the, the science letter is really important, but it's not important in and of itself. It's important insofar as it can help us create additional pressure for the kind of full investigation right. that's required. That's the goal, yeah. a full investigation getting to the bottom of
2: it. And, you know, maybe it's going to break through to the Chinese people to understand how outrageously dangerous their government or, or slipshot uh, that Wuhan lab is. And the other thing to keep in mind, too, is that they will stop China from starting these crazy theories about how this started. Remember, the U.S. Army yep. was part of it. It came out of Maryland. We yep. hear all this stuff and you never know what what people believe. But the more people around the globe that do this. But here's what we're up against, Jamie Metzl, in America. After that exchange with Anthony Fauci, you would think the next question uh, with Rand Paul and Anthony Fauci, the next question the next day, at least one of them would be about the origin of the virus and what, what is Rand Paul talking about. But instead, you get this
7: ripped from the pages why of QAnon. I, mean, really, I don't know why he does. It's really strange. He,
2: it's more
17: than strange. It's disturbing. It's part of a bigger picture.
5: As a doctor at the front of his name. Uh, for <laughs> some reason, he uh, seems to go further out there than anybody else. Here, basically, something sounding like some QAnon protagonist. Rand Paul is a doctor.
13: Um, Dr. Fauci is the chief boogeyman for conspiracy theories. We know this. We've known this for over a year. There are all kinds of theories. We don't don't need to run through them again, but they're not just in the darkest corners of the Internet. They found their way onto prominent cable news shows where Dr. Fauci is being called a criminal. There should be investigations into them, and what you see in our culture now is that talk online and on cable news spill over into Congress where a United States senator is willing to take those ideas and those theories run with them and confront Dr Fauci himself
2: Jamie uh, I- I'm stunned You know I mean there's all kinds of of
9: you know, crazy views out there on something like this which I feel like it should just be relatively simple I mean I I, I tweeted this the other day Roger Marshall uh, who I was it was in touch with around the, these issues a senator from I Kansas, I don't agree with everything that Roger Marshall says, but on this issue that we have this worst pandemic in a century, we need to get to the bottom of it. We all need to be on the same side. I mean, there's some people who are attacking Fauci, there's some people who are attacking Rand Paul, there's some people who are attacking you Brian, there's some people who are attacking me. What our message has to be is forget your politics. This isn't about politics. We're all suffering from this terrible pandemic. And we need to understand how it started so that we can address our, our greatest problems. And that's that's why we have to break through. That's why I really appreciated our communication, yep. uh, Brian, and you've been such a leader uh, on, on this, because that's we're all Americans. We're all people. We have to break through the noise and get to the bottom of this question.
2: And not only is it important, but it was attractive to me because it really forgets about party politics in theory. But when I'm seeing, you know, I'm on the channel, and uh, Allison, our producers, are pulling the sound and Pete, and they say, "You're not going to believe what they're saying on the other channels." And I'm listening to yeah. these sound bites. I said, "Wait a second! How could you not? How could you miss the story? How could you not ask about how this started?" And, yeah. and to me, and everything else, when you talk about the Russia investigation or the impeachment, even if you don't agree, there's a storyline there that needs to be followed up on. So. Yeah, exactly, and that was why in the clip that you
9: pay, you played earlier, um, it was important what Fauci said: is I don't know what happened in China, and I support a full investigation. And so I think that's, I think there's common ground here that everybody now supports a full investigation. Rand Paul does, Fauci does, Dr. Tedros does, and we need to really deliver that message first and foremost. To our own government. And, and I know that the Biden administration is focused on this issue, but at the World Health Assembly, which is, is uh, w- uh, coming up 10 days from now, there's going to be, they're going to need to have to decide what's the right balance between focusing on past, present, and future. Past, how the pandemic began, present, vaccine equity, how do we make sure it ends everywhere? And future, how do we build a pandemic treaty or other kind of infrastructure so that we're better protected in the future? And what we don't want is for the the world and world leaders to say, well, let's not focus so much on how this pandemic started because we don't want to upset China and we need China's help for for other things. If we we can't be totally honest about what went wrong here and who's responsible and the role of of China, both potentially in the outbreak but absolutely in the criminal cover-up that followed the, the outbreak, we're going to be building on sand.
2: True. Uh, well, we are. This story is moving and we're going to keep pushing it. Jamie Metzel, thanks so much.
9: My pleasure, Brian. Anytime
2: you got it. 1866-408-7669. By the way, I'm hosting the seven tonight. I want everyone to watch. That includes you. Uh, it's in a few hours. you got plenty of time. You don't need to go out and rush to go out to dinner. Now, we have lifted the curfew and you don't have to wear a mask back in a moment.
1: Nations. Diving deep into today's top stories, it's Brian Kilmeade. He's so busy, he'll make your head spin. It's Brian Kilmeade.
0: Frankly, I was shocked by this announcement. I think they went from one extreme to another. And the major step that's missing here is how do we know that people are telling the truth?
12: This is not a free for all that everybody, you know, and but I agree with Dr. Wen, it is going to be very tenuous.
0: I am kind of befuddled as to where this guidance came from. I think there are a lot of steps that were missing.
1: And the people who never wanted a vaccine, how do how do I get them to wear a mask?
12: That is a great question.
1: Panic on other channels.
2: These are doctors, one anchor and two doctors talking about the masks are down. The CDC came out and said, well, I'm not going to do it. Who said that? How do we prove that you're vaccinated or not? How do we verify that you are? People going to pretend that they are. Well, it's their fault. If you're pretending you're vaccinated, you had an opportunity to do it. You're making a decision. Do that every day. How many people you bump into might have a fever? How many people you bump into didn't get vaccinated their entire life? Uh, we don't know if they're walking around with the plague. So, what are these people saying? I mean, I guess this, this is a psychosis. This is not normal. You had somebody say, "Take the mask off, indoors, outdoors." If you're vaccinated, the problem is why isn't Starbucks, Home Depot, maybe your hotel, planes, and buses doing the same thing? Can you believe they're doubting the science? Who was on the president, President Trump, for doubting the science? It's nuts. Listen, I'm not going to judge anyone walking around with a mask. I'm not going to say a word to him. Not wearing a mask anymore. It's done. Got vaccinated, done. You could tell me you're vaccinated or not. I don't care. You're not putting me at risk. I don't care. Bill Moore got vaccinated. He tested positive. And now he's going to miss his show for the first time in 28 years. And he said, I was just looking at him on Twitter, he says, I feel 100% fine. I just failed the test. This is what's crazy, right? Why is he being tested anyway? Well, the same thing with the Yankees, right? The Yankees back... have eight players and coaches. And they're all vaccinated. Yeah. Uh, one of it, they say, oh, it's to Johnson & Johnson, 70% effective. The problem is they have no symptoms. That's part of the reason the vaccine works. What's the big deal then?
14: And then the CDC said yesterday, even if you do have a little bit of it in you and you're vaccinated, it's not enough to
2: transfer to others. Yeah, it, it's, it's crazy. So uh, uh, here's some of the reaction. Cut 12.
12: It just makes me wonder why science was so slow. I mean, I know science. I mean, we've been told to follow the science. I mean, you mean to tell me you just figured out today that fully vaccinated people don't have to wear masks outside. I mean, we just figured that out. I, I, I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. I think one of the great casualties of this pandemic has been our ability to rely on what people call science.
2: So he's exasperated. He says what I just said. Now, Kids should not be wearing masks, and if you don't want to vaccinate your kid, don't. But the kids, if they get it, the numbers of them getting serious or feeling any effects of it are so small, not worth it because of the psychological trauma of walking around with a mask on for a year, year and a half. But listen to what Dr. Fauci said real quick. Cut eight. No, cut nine.
15: When a child is outside and is not vaccinated and interacting with other people, either in an outdoor or in an indoor setting, you want to make sure the child is masked. But in the context of the home of a vaccinated parent, they should not worry about that.
2: Did he say outdoor?
14: Outdoor or indoor. Did they is say kids can't crazy? spread outside?
2: That goes against everything we just heard. 100%. Everything. Are you nuts? Hey, listen, if you have a kid, leave him alone. Leave her alone. Pick the mask off. Don't worry about it. Not, you, you have enough to worry about. This is not something to worry about. Look it up online. Don't listen to these people. They are full of it. They're just destroying these lives. These kids haven't been in school for the most part. They can't play sports if you listen to these people. These guidelines, these camps. Did you see the guidelines on the camps? It is like you're better off putting the kid in prison over the weekend. They'd be less traumatized. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, I want everyone to watch tonight at 7 o'clock on the Fox News Channel. Fox News Primetime.
10: It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at quiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox.
13: Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.